It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about, fine, it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story when you actually put it into words is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and are dead, but you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello and welcome back to Generation Skywalker. This is our book month prologue 2021 show. Yep, book month is back and uh, opening it up with me tonight is Craig. Good evening, Craig. Good evening. There is Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, everyone. And there's Daniel. Good evening, Daniel. Hello there. Us four opened up 2020's book month show as well. Uh, the same crew for the uh, following year. But um, yeah, we're back. We're back doing book month again. Craig, let me come to you. What is book month? Why do we do it? Why do we do book month? Good question. I mean, I think the first thing to point out is that last year it was in September uh, and this year we're doing it through October. So if you have been looking out for it, here it is. Uh, we haven't forgotten. But book month is an opportunity to just have a focused period of time where we look at something very specific that's away from toys, away from trailer shows and beer it's just something different and we know that books is just a huge huge world and i think it's fair to say we're all dabblers to different degrees some of us are into the novels some of us are more you know behind the scenes uh fact based books and it's our opportunity to come together and have a chat about them and invite people in to teach us a bit more as well. So we've got a few interviews with experts, authors, people from the book world. Exactly. Exactly. So 2020s was um, a success, I would say, as a book month. I think it was our first time. And obviously you learn things of what work and what doesn't. Um, Dan, can you just give us a bit of an overview of what we did actually cover in 2020? So um, we did a number of shows and we covered the Thrawn trilogy. Um, we looked at the expanded universe with Richard Hutchinson and we had an interview with Steve Sansweet. We had an episode of The Modern Way and we also covered the collecting guides and we had a uh, an epilogue and a prologue show to the cap the month off. So, so you, you could say that the prologue and epilogue bookended our book month. <laughs> OK, so. I mean, it was a good month. Dan, you were a proper Sansweet fanboy last year, so we don't know what's coming this month. Whether you've gone off him, we'll see how much you talk about him. But um, at the end of book month in 2020, we did have a little highlight reel. And I'm, I'm just going to bring that forward here as to what kind of things we covered last time out. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Master Kenobi says there are even texts here that are forbidden to be read. Well, the archives hold a great many secrets. I, I heard through the grapevine, and there was quite a grapevine going on. There was not much in the way of Star Wars news or projects in development that we knew about in the, uh, in the late 80s or early 90s. But I heard through the grapevine that Lucasfilm had 
restarted its publishing division and was thinking about doing a Star Wars price guide, an official Star Wars price guide. I found out who the head of the publishing division was and basically I cold called them and said, if anybody does the Star Wars price guide, it should be me and basically got the answer. And, and you are who? You get to 91, Air the Empire comes out. They're almost testing the water. I've seen that things where Lucasfilm sort of said, you know, kind of testing the water to see if the interest is still there. And obviously it was. So so when Air the Empire comes back and goes in at number one, and it was very much pitched as being the sequel to Return of the Jedi, that's kind of lost in the, in the, in the static these days when Air Now and all the other film, you know, books and comics of that time are now legends, like you said a moment ago. When that came out, there was no doubt this was the sequel to Return of the Jedi. We weren't getting films, but we were getting books. If you remember, I always said that when Disney came on board, they can do whatever they want with the movies, but they better leave the books alone. So, yeah, the whole that much of a special piece of Yeah, but there are times where you kind of you do wonder, barring the blue skin and the lack of hair, where Thrawn starts and Timothy's on ends and, and you know, so on and so forth. Harrison met George and Mark at Hamptons for lunch. Mark had previously told Harrison that neither the film nor George picked up the tap for lunch. It was strictly everyone on their own. Money was tight on the stalls and budget having continued to creep higher and higher. But this seems more from George's natural ways rather than budget truly necessitated. After all, how much could a few burgers add to the multi-million dollar budget? He goes on to say, at the end of the meal that, um, that day, the waiter put the check down on the table. Harrison reached over and picked it up. He turned to Mark Hamill and said, go ahead, you're done, go home. Don't worry about this, he said, waving the check. Mark said, Are you sure? And Harrison nodded, so Mark said okay and left. Harrison slowly perused the check, nodding. Looks right to me. He put the check down in front of George, got up and headed for the door of the recording studio. I remember having to call Carrie Fisher and asking her whether uh, I could get her permission to uh, use the song. <laughs> what was her response to that? <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> that, that awful thing, are you kidding? I don't care. And it really inspired me. And it's everything that's kind of led, everything that I've got today is kind of from the started with this book. Killing Chewbacca off, if you read all the books at that point, it was kind of like chewed the same thing over and over and over again. Han Solo was very poorly written. I don't know if, what you think about Han Solo's character, Craig, but I think Han Solo, a lot of the time, was a tired man who would sit with a cup of calf watching things, didn't want to get involved in the pot of the politics, went and had a punch up, come back, back on the cast, and he was just like that all the time. So the fact that we killed Chewie made his character better. And people were queuing up to get book signs, and you know, he was doing his big book signings for his latest book. And, uh, and I rock up with this tiny little thing and uh, join the queue, and uh, he looks at, at me as if to say, brilliant, is that it? Thanks very much. Um, however, it's signed uh, with the force, Steve Santwee. 12th of April 2015, so uh, Anaheim. But what's you great? You write that over like eight pages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've got a magnifying glass out of the study hand. There's a bit of scrapping. There's a clone made out of Luke's hand. There's some babies born. And then uh, Thrawn gets furloughed back to the outer rib on 80% pay. Perfect. <laughs> With all of the knowledge, data and imagery of you, you've amassed creating these books, you're pretty well placed to actually create an online resource that could probably blow the SWCA out of the water in terms of design and accessibility. Is this something that's ever been considered, discussed, or, um, or would it be treading on too many toes? And Yes, we're working on one. Oh. We're working on a oh. database that will become part of the virtual museum and so that's in our plans and that's something that's uh, in the, the early stages and uh, I'm confident that it will that it will happen. The holocrons contain the most closely guarded secrets of the Jedi Order. And there you go and we will have another highlight reel 
at the end of this month. Going to be bigger, bigger and better. Now, boys, before we get started, I mean, last year in this intro show, we were were all bringing a book that we love to do with Star Wars. And apart from Dan, you bought Darth Plagueis, which I already owned. But Craig and Jez, you bought two totally new books to me. And I bought both of them and I've enjoyed both of them and I've actually used both of them several times this year. And I know that I bought more books over the course of that month. So since the last book month, have we indulged much in Star Wars literature? Have you bought many books? Have you read many books over the last year? Jez, have you uh, scratched and sniffed many books over the last year? (laughs) Such a bully. (laughs) Mate, I am currently not reading something. But I think come the end of this episode, I will. I have been looking at it. and I need to pull my head out of my backside and, and start reading more. Um, you know, I've been saying to people, what would be the book to start me off on the expanded universe? We've got something coming up soon later on in the month where it's actually really made me think, I'm actually going to really go simple and get the um, Revenge of the Sith. You know, um, I, that sounds to me like a fantastic book in a book which I wouldn't have thought to read in the past. But, you know, our listeners will realise later on this month that actually that sounds like a really, really good book. And it binds so much together of what is coming out, uh, what's been you know, released since then. It, it makes a lot of other things make sense. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where this month goes as to where my Star Wars reading path takes me. Apart from that, I have been keeping it simple with things like the sounds of Star Wars, um, which uh, which I've enjoyed. But yeah, must get into it a little bit more. I mean, the sounds of Star Wars. I mean, we bought this came up on a, an episode over a few months back, but that book's good, isn't it? I think you sold that to Grant. So <laughs> did, he went yeah. bought it before the end of the show. Yeah, I, I just think it's a novel thing. I mean, I remember as as a as a kid that. I loved things like the uh, rainbow read-along cassettes, you know, and books. Because back then, you know, at the time, you had your, your VHS, which, you know, you, you press the little tab in it so no one would record over it accidentally. You know, you might have some sort of copy of Star Wars if you were lucky um, on, on VHS. But the only other sounds you were getting were on the read-along cassettes and the Imperial Troop Transport, which I didn't have but a friend of mine had, you know, you press the buttons and it gives you the sound of an engine or a blaster. You know, so for me, the, the sounds were a huge part of it because it's that nostalgia. You know, we didn't have the Internet or anything then. And, and the sounds when you buy this book and you listen to the 200 plus sounds which are in there, you know, you, you flick through the pages and it'll say, right, it'll show you a picture of a Star Destroyer with number 38. And then you just on the little box which is attached to this book, which has got a little speaker and a little hard drive dial in 38 and it will give you the sounds you just think about the sounds in star wars you know that you've got the pod racer the speeder bikes the lightsabers you know it just goes on and on they're fantastic and to me it's just it's just so immersive i love it i mean there's 31 days in october jizz okay mm. do you think i could push you for like a a three four minute video on our we are generation skywalker page of that book at some point just selling its best points you know what Let's do that. I really need to do that, don't I? Let, let, I will do that. <laughs> you got the month, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, all the right. epilogue show will be recorded a couple of days before the end of the month, so I'll remind you then if you haven't done it. Yeah, all right then. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> um, Craig, you know, you do delve into quite a bit of literature. What's your year been like? Yeah, I mean, I have a Audible account. So I do pay so much a month and I get so many credits and I've got quite a few racked up. And it's my opportunity my way of trying to keep abreast i've read the novels since as the empire i've that's a good what 20 odd years worth of reading star wars books and you know my time is now such that i can't devote a lot of time to reading but audiobooks are a great way of just sort of while i'm doing things to, to sort of listen along um so i have got through a few this year i'm currently probably about halfway through um the thrawn ascendancy chaos rising which is the first book in a trilogy that tells grand admiral thrawn's backstory so the next book's called the greater good and the third book i think is out november time called lesser evil and it is you know to the man in the street who never watched rebels it's probably got as much to do with star wars as uh as brio network as i mean there's only thrawn in there uh, that you would probably recognize and they have these chiss 
which is his race, children who they hook up into their spaceships and they navigate hyperspace and they call them Skywalkers, which is strange when you hear that kind of being thrown up from time to time in the audiobook. But yeah, interesting that that they've gone that route. Obviously it's a Timothy Zahn thing. They've given him carte blanche to go off and write this backstory. But it's it's quite out on a limb, I would say, in terms of the universe. Um there's all this stuff happening. It doesn't relate to any of the main kind of Skywalker saga or any of that. So it's uh yeah, it's okay so far. I'm not like wild about it, you know, but I'm listening when I get when I get the chance. I think since September, I was partway through Shadowfall, which is the second book in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. It took me a while, that one. It took me a while just to sort of keep going back to that and listening to it piecemeal. But I got through Victory's Prize, which is the third part of that trilogy, a lot quicker. I engaged with it a lot more. It fell together. And I find that with some of these these trilogies. You know, they they I wax and wane with them. And there's always one book that's better than the others. But then you judge the trilogy. And it was okay. I, I I enjoyed it. I'm glad I read it. So that was uh yeah, it wasn't a waste of a waste of my time. Um, I also uh, got through the Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view, which was enjoyable. I mean, those little anthology books are a lot more digestible when you've got them in your earphones and you're fixing your bike or whatever. You know, little short chunks, little fun stories, and you instantly know the scenarios that they're talking about because it's. It's the Empire Strikes Back, but told from the characters who you see on screen, but perhaps are very much in the background. Um, so they are good, and I'm sure the the Jedi one will be along pretty soon. I read or listened to Light of the Jedi, which is the first of this new High Republic series, and that was starting fresh. You know, all new characters, uh, new scenario set. I forget how long um, before the uh, the events of Phantom Menace, but a good few hundred years. I think Yoda puts an appearance at some point, but not in the first book. Uh, but I enjoyed that. So, yeah, I'm working my way through new canon, really. I have to say nothing's grabbed me like some of the old Legends EU. But there is some good stuff. I think uh, Bloodline was probably one of the best at contextualizing certainly the sequel trilogy. Uh, Resistance Reborn, which bridged The Last Jedi to Rise of Skywalker. And I know we're going to be talking about the Aftermath books as well. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'm getting through them. It's not a chore. I do enjoy it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't do it if it was a job. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you sound like you have been busy. I rattled off all those uh, all those titles, which has been my audio book listening. But I've completely forgot to mention uh, Matthias's books which I crowdfunded and got both of them uh, this year, which were outstanding. And I know that Grant did a review on uh, the blog section of our website. So that's out there if you want to check that out. And also the um, the big lot of books that were Jim Stevenson's, which featured on one of our unboxings for the start of the summer or a few months ago. But that was, you know, that had all kinds of books in there. Um, some I had, which were I kept as upgrades, some which completed runs. And it was just full of mainly vintage books, things like the push out and make books, the happy house uh, puzzle books, and a whole load of stuff that did come into my possession. But that's uh, that's on the uh, on the website in one of the unboxed videos. So you can check that out as well. Yeah. Um, Dan, been delving. I mean, you, you do read, don't you? I think <laughs> I try. Um, I picked up, well, when we did book month last year, I picked up a few books off the back of that. So I got the Star Wars Vault. I got a couple of Gus and Duncan's books, the Comprehensive Guide to Collecting and the Prototypes, which I think were Jez's recommendations on one of the shows we did. So I've, I went back and all, got all of those, but I'm still plowing through some of those. That vault is massive to get through, but it's um, always there when I've, uh, when I've got five minutes. Um, did you, in terms did you of, love the vault? Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh. It, it, it's kind of like the um, kind of the scrapbook on steroids, isn't it? It's kind of the, it's the next level on from that. It's, 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 it's everything you want in a book. Oh, it's brilliant. Who's the author of that again? I can't remember. My mate. That <laughs> <laughs> no, is very good. Since we've done the book show, I've, I've, I've got a couple of books. I've got the, um, well, going back to 96, I picked up the annotated screenplays, um, which is essentially the, the three um, screenplays from the original trilogy um, in book form interspersed with interviews and little 
tidbits of trivia and just detail really on as, as you go through the script on, on things that are happening and how the drafts changed how the characters were brought in and taken out it's really good it's a good toilet read it's a nice small book you can have you can have on the toilet and, and have a have a dabble on and i also picked up the the man who shot luke skywalker the empire strikes back so the second book in that series which was a crowdfunder i know we've spoken about that before um not not many words in it lots of pretty pictures though and yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's a nice book if you're uh, into toy packaging indeed indeed it sounds like you've all been a yeah what have you been up to what about you <laughs> bought a library probably i mean i love a book i always do and um last year i bought the um the making of rinsler books to the to the table as my favorite books and I mean, I still sometimes just pick them up. If I've got 10 minutes, just get a rum, sit in my chair and just have a flick through. And much the same as the book I bought this this month. But as for reading, um, actually paper form. I, I normally like to read the book, but I too have an Audible account. And I've been, tend to been using that. I, I too, Craig, have read the, um, from a certain point of view, Empire. That's the one I have read, paper form. Um, love the stories. Love the Wampus story. Yeah. From the Wampus point of view. It's yeah. uh, definitely an interesting, uh, interesting tale. Um, I also, I did, I, I listened to this one and perhaps that's why I struggled with it a little bit because I often, um, when I'm working, put my headphones in and sometimes I get distracted with other things. But uh, Rich, one of Richard's books was the X-Ring Rogue Squadron books. And I know, Craig, you also said on that show last year, oh, they're, they're brilliant. So I downloaded the first one as an audio book and um, I kind of got to the end of it and thought, well, but then I'm, I can't really remember what I was listening to. So perhaps I was, just wasn't concentrating enough on that. I think that's one of the downsides of audiobooks because you, you know if when you're reading and you read a paragraph and you go, I, I didn't take that in, <laughs> you know it's time to stop. Whereas, you know, sometimes with an audiobook, you, you're kind of distracted and you, you, you it is easy to miss chunks. I, I find that. I find that as well. I've bought a lot of books, actually, which I probably haven't really had time to sit down and open properly yet. Obviously, I did the Diecast podcast about micro collection and i bought the gus and duncan book of that and i love that little book if you're into the micro collection it's brilliant it just breaks down all the range um and it's obviously a big area for prototypes so that's that's a really nice book and i think you can uh, i think i paid something like 25 quid for that from ship ship from america so and i think that's still available for you to look past a pile of old books the sacred jedi text Oh, read them, have you? Well, on page turners, they were not. So let's get on to this year's book month. Like last year, I mean, we had, there was two more shows meant to be last year, but you might think you've got a guest lined up and then they, well, I think one of them went a bit quiet last year and the other one couldn't get his recording stuff to work. So we did lose two shows last year. This is the intended plan. Everyone's agreed to record, but um, we've got a bit of everything this year. I mean, we've got the prologue. We're going to be having a show dedicated to look at uh, and celebrate the the work of J.W. Rinsler and what he brought to the Star Wars world. Um, we have an interview with Becca Benjamin, the host on Tarkin's Top Shelf. Um, she writes the blogs. She writes for Fan for Track. She's a podcaster, a really busy woman. Um, that's already in the bag. Me and Jez caught up with her for a, a nice chat, wasn't it, Jez? I think, I, I mean, yeah. That's she knows I'm, her books, doesn't she? She really does. And that's what made, uh, you know, earlier on when I said, you're right, I need to read Revenge of the Sith now because, yeah, it, it was really interesting what she said about that book. Yeah, it could be read, pardon the pun, read into what's what's been released recently by Disney as well. So really, really interesting. And actually kind of what she was saying was proving a point that there is more in-depth uh, research going into some of these newer projects than people might be led to believe yeah yeah definitely one to look out for that's that's going to be early in the month as well um we've already mentioned i think craig just mentioned that we're going to be talking the aftermath trilogy last year uh, me and craig had mark mulcaster and mark newbold join us when we looked at the thrawn trilogy uh, they're returning this year as we delve into the aftermath trilogy which i'm looking forward to uh, we do have two of our regular shows now we had them last last book month but they weren't based around books this year we've got the modern way and those are fossils and uh, one of them will be looking at a, a twist to do with books on the modern way. And we're going to be looking at some of the uh, some old favourite books on those old fossils, um, a different type of book as well. Um, we do have some collecting books we're going to be looking at. We've got guests galore coming on for collecting books. Um, we're going to be looking on one show at Marvel, um, something that we've not really delved into too much yet. 
so we will have a bit of an expert panel joining us for that and fingers crossed um i have got it lined up but hopefully we will have mer lafferty on for an interview of course she was the one that uh, did the book for solo and also wrote one of the books in the empire strikes back um well they're called craig we've just this second spoken about them from a certain point of view from a certain point of view i've got come let me get you something going around my head <laughs> that's not right <laughs> yeah and uh, of course then we will close off the month with our epilogue so uh we are looking this this month at 11 shows so uh fingers crossed they all come together and on the epilogue on the 31st of this month we will be saying we have done 11 shows that is the target that is the plan um let's just hope we do come through and fulfill that promise um so that's basically a show less than every three days so uh, plenty of content coming your way i'm also aware that uh, hopefully there might be a, a video of some sort we might have a blog of some sort plenty of stuff this month so uh, yeah i mean october it's boring until you get the halloween isn't it <laughs> Yes, Artu, I was just coming to that. Toronto Gosh. So, what we did last year, we all bought a book that we loved. Dan, you bought Darth Plagueis. Jez, you bought the Miller book, which full of uh, stories of that time that he remembers. Craig, you bought uh, the compendium of all the books, which was a, a brilliant book as well. I've enjoyed that. And I bought the Rinsler's making of, of the original trilogy, not the whole collection of them, but the original trilogy. So I've asked you to do it again this year. So, Dan, have you bought a Sansweet book or are you going to be a bit different this year? I'm going to be a bit different this year. Uh, <laughs> so i've got the the star wars archives from 1995 or to our american cousins it was known as uh, star wars to indiana jones the best of the lucasfilm archive so they changed the name for the uk release to make it more star wars centric um so this is i think the first one of the first star wars books i bought that kind of focused on the behind the scenes stuff um and i've been renovating my collecting room this year so i've got a bit more shelf space so i've been pulling all my old books down out of the loft and i picked this one up and started going through it again and it's it's an awesome book so it's it's, it's really um you know you've got to imagine back to a time before the internet before facebook and all these you know pictures of props and various maquettes and models it was all it was all brand new to me back then and all of these images just blew my mind and um and it's it's kind of it doesn't really feature anything to do with the films in terms of their production you know day to day but it goes delves into the background you know the, the the tricks that were used to make um certain shots in the film such as matte painting and things like that it's got the, the pictures of the actual mats without the without the physical um footage that was added to it so you can really see the work that was done to create those images um you know all the concept artwork um production um pre-production maquettes you know when they were visualizing what Jabba the Hutt was going to look like I think there's three or four different versions of of Jabba the Hutt um and it also covers Indiana Jones as well which was again something that I've had a passion for back when I was younger and again a, a lot of stuff there I'd never seen before and then a little tiny bit on the end, a couple of a couple of pages covering things like Howard the Duck and Willow and 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 the other Lucasfilm productions. So yeah, it's a really really good book. I think a lot of the images in there I haven't seen anywhere else since. I know the the Rinsler books cover a lot, but because this is so specific to the the props and the models and the concept artwork, it it, it is it is quite a good standalone book and one that I'm quite fond of from my younger days. So that's why I'm bringing this one in. I always really enjoyed this book. Um, it's one that I, I've had for years and years and years. And it's something, it's a great toilet book. I mean, you know, I think I said this last year, you know, something's good when you constantly take it to the toilet with you. Um, I always liked the the prototype photo of the land speeder. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the round disc. It looks more like. Yes. A, yeah. It's a really, yeah. 
a really strange looking ship and obviously if you want to know what we're talking about you're gonna to have to go over to the enhancer <laughs> but um i mean it's actually been made it looks like it's made of wood or something doesn't it it's like a like a bolster wood type kit type thing but yeah there's some great pieces in there but even when you go to like the, the like the Tantaviv or it was originally the Millennium Falcon, it's got the it's kind of like a rocket ship with the Millennium Falcon cockpit on the front of it, and then it obviously becomes two ships. It turns into morphs into the Falcon and to the Tantaviv. But that that kind of that that journey they went through when they were when they were putting all this stuff together is so interesting. Well, I find it interesting anyways, and and there's there's tons of stuff in there like that. Um, you know the teeny tiny Falcon they built to put on the back of the Star Destroyer when when they're escaping the asteroid field and just just little things like that that you never really think of um it's, it's yeah it's a great book yeah good choice good choice daniel and obviously the authors you didn't you didn't say that it was uh mark cotter vaz and shinji hatta there you go so jez you you chose quite an interesting book last year kind of out the ordinary you know i know that uh I think it was Sean Moynihan that put you onto the Miller book last year. Yeah, that book is a great book. Yeah, I love it. And uh, and again, you know, I could read different excerpts from that book all the way through because I, I just find it fascinating. I find it really, really interesting. And again, from someone who was at the heart of the organisation. Yeah. So what have you bought this year? It's The Art of Star Wars by Carol Titleman. And this is the one which came out in 1979. And uh it included the complete script of the film. Not only did it have the script, but all fantastic concept art, artwork and stills through it. Um, it also had poster poster art throughout all the different sort of uh, countries and releases as well, which was really exciting to see. But also, even back then in 1979, Chapter 3 included some sort of um, off-the-wall type stuff and fan-made art as well. You know, we, we think about it's only recently in the last few celebrations that Sansweet has dedicated a whole area of of his uh, Rancho Obi-Wan to fan made creations. But, you know, back in 1979, Lucasfilm recognised it. And in fact, Carol Titelman, she was there. This isn't just someone who said, right, I'm going I'm to write a book. She was on the Lucasfilm payroll. In fact, she was uh, Charlie Lippincott's first uh, secretary when they were romantically involved, lad. And um, but it, it, it's a great book. I had to get this one. And uh, and it was I just t- takes me back to the time when I was reading this because I was just wanted so much Star Wars. And I was like, hang on a second. This isn't right. The script's wrong. And it had the original scripts for what is now in, you know, the Blu-rays, all, all the deleted scenes where you've got Biggs and Luke right at the beginning. You know, and they're calling him Wormy and stuff like that. It's a great book, The Art of Star Wars, Carol Titelman. I was able to get it on eBay. It didn't cost much. It's slightly larger than the size of his sort of average um, annual. You know, it's a, it's a nice big sort of coffee table book. But this one is in pieces. It's uh, The spine on it is completely given up, uh, but it's there. Excuse me whilst you may hear sounds of my pages turning now. But it's brilliant. Not only is it littered, as I said, with some of the concept art, but the sketch works as well. You know, the original uh, Chewbacca I'm, I'm looking at right now and you think, oh, yeah, it kind of looks a little bit like Zeb now from Rebels. And, and you know, you see all those things. And so it was a great book for me reading it when I was probably around about nine, ten years old. But now I'm getting so much more from this book, um, you know, now in 2021. It's great to see some of the storyboards, etc. You know, we see the storyboards, um, which are for sale by Prop Store when we go to celebration. But you actually see them in here. It's it's a great book. When you look at the script, it actually gives you there's no big bump at the beginning. There's no sort of, oh, look at me talking about this that, and the other. This came out in 79 and it's Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope from the Journal of the Wills by George Lucas, revised fourth draft. January 15th, 1976. So still quite late in the day, you would imagine, you know, from a production point of view, uh, from a certain point of view, from a production point of view, you know, that, that was quite late. But even back then, yes, episode four, contrary to what some people think about, you know, the numbers being added afterwards. Yes, it was added afterwards to the film, but he always had that number in mind. And the whole Journal of the Wills, you know, that's, I would have seen this a million times when I was a kid. But I think it was only then, you know, when I was watching things like Rogue One, that that sort of terminology within Star Wars universe, as I know it, on video and on the cinema sort of struck a chord. So, as I said, you know, when you 
you read something as a child take it in enjoy it go back to it now and uh, there's so much more to to take from it it's a fantastic book which i would recommend i think if you're interested in uh, the journal of the wills you'd quite enjoy the uh, the last chapters of both of the uh, a certain point of view books i'm definitely getting that book after <laughs> having heard stuff online about that you know and you guys talking about it it does seem really really good definitely definitely good good book again jess interesting uh, something completely different to what we've had as well so craig i mean last year you bought the compendium which uh, was really helpful with everyone for the art covers um although no one else had the book at the time but, uh, <laughs> hey that was a great book i mean it broke down all the books so it's a good book to go through if you when you're looking for something but so what are you going to hit us with this year craig yeah, that was a cheat bringing that book because it was all of the expanded universe novels. Um, but rather than pick something contemporary this time, I've gone vintage uh, because I wanted to bring a book that as an object has meant a lot to me over the years. So, you know, for those who were there and we do talk about this um, from time to time, you know, how we revisited the story of Star Wars back in the late 70s and the pre VHS days was quite limited so we had the toys we had things like the letter set action transfer scenes where we could recreate those those moments we had the tops trading cards and if you had them all and put them in the right order it was a way of reliving the movie um the novelization was obviously out there but it was a it was a dense read and for an eight-year-old even sort of the young readers edition you would need to devote some some time um to it so for me, it was always the Brown and Watson UK Marvel Annual, uh, which was the, uh, the the collection of Marvel comics that told the story of the first film that, that we got in the UK in 1978. But also the book I've brought to the table tonight, which is uh, the Collins Star Wars, a pop up book, which was just one of my favourite things as a as a child. It's not a big book. It's 16 pages in total. The the words on the page are very few, but the artwork and the way that the pop-ups were constructed, I pick it up now and I open it and I'm just back there. I'm back in that place. I am eight years old again. Um, and, you know, I think that books can do that as well as the words on the page. They can be things that you that you treasure. And this is certainly certainly one of mine. I'll quickly go through it um, and I'll and I'll film this and I'll put it out on the enhanced. But, you know, the cover is C-3PO and R2 on Tatooine, quite stylized. The twin suns there sort of create a, a very graphic cover with the orange Star Wars logo. The first spread opens like the movie opens. You've got a Star Destroyer chasing the, uh, the Tantive. The next spread has the escape pod and you pull a little tab and that fires the jets and gets them down to Tatooine they land on Tatooine you've got a little pull along R2 that's going that way because the other way is much too rocky um you've got a pop-up uh, sand crawler you've got R2-D2 you push him up the little uh, elevator pipe thing that the Jawas uh, suck him into the sand crawler with um you've got a little pull along land speeder you've got this strange um Venetian blind style uh mechanism that you pull along and the Tuscan Raiders appear on their banthers, sort of almost like they're coming out of the mist. Uh, we move to the Falcon and you can have R2 interacting with the chess set. The Falcon gets caught in the tractor beam. You push it towards the uh, the Death Star. We've got a nice pop-up uh, X-Wing. And my two favourites, you've got Luke and Leah swinging uh, across the chasm in the in the Death Star with a little bit of string. You pull the uh, pull the tab and they swing along. Beautiful, beautiful illustration. And uh, and Vader fighting Ben Kenobi at the end. And you pull this tab and <laughs> he just disappears and becomes a cloak. And then the final spread is a is a 3D pop up rendering of uh, of that famous Macquarie image of the X wing um, heading down the Death Star trench. So it's just all those moments just captures. And uh, in a way that really, really brought it to life um, for me as a as a kid and bringing it to the table tonight. I kind of I've never really looked into it. I've never really thought about what this book was, where it fitted into the world and who created it. So it's nice to just do a little bit of digging. And I've got a few little facts and figures in the UK. It was released by Collins, uh, but it was originally published in Random House in the US in April 1978 and was translated into different uh, languages it was released all around the world and sold over a million copies 
And it was part of a series of pop-up books that Random House did. So you can find books like this, same format. They've got the uh, pop-up book logo that's on the Star Wars one on the front. So you can find these books for things like Superman, uh, Sesame Street, as well as generic topics like boats and dinosaurs. And this particular book was a collaboration between two really creative talents. So it was an early commission for uh, fantasy and sci-fi uh, artist called Wayne Barlow, who went on to work as a concept artist on movies like Hellboy and Harry Potter and Avatar. He's still very active and he's highly respected today. And he, he's the man behind this gorgeous artwork. And he was paired with Ib Pennick, who did a lot of these pop-up books for Random House. And he was a Danish paper engineer and is considered to be the creative mind behind the resurgence of pop-up children's books in the 60s and 70s. I mean, this guy was really prolific. He designed more than 130 children's books. So great objects. If you want to pick one up today, they are quite common. But obviously with paper-based moving parts, you know, the more intact they are, the more you're going to pay for it. But they do, you know, I think they are slightly overlooked as items i mean they average around 10 to 20 quid i mean if you're not too fussed about the odd rip and the odd bit not working i think uh collins ones tend to be rarer than the u.s printings obviously a lot more of those out in the market um and they went on to do empire strikes back and jedi versions that weren't illustrated by wayne barlow they're different illustrators but i think uh ib Pennick was the guy who was uh, was consistent through those through those books um and in the uk they weren't reprinted by collins they were just sold in uk stores uh, with a with a price sticker and you can sometimes find those english versions with the with the sticker on the front cover um am i alone in having this as a child did anyone else have this i've got the empire and jedi ones i haven't got the star wars one but now i want to go and get it <laughs> So you sold it to me. You sold it to me, Craig. There you go. I, I've got, I've got the. I know, you know what you were describing. I think they, they all follow a similar format than they all the various tabs. And you mentioned there about the Venetian blinds. I think there's a couple of, um, a couple of shots like that in the Empire one. But yeah, they, they are, they are quality. Nice to hear them getting a bit of love. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're out there. You see them, but you know, they're not, they're not iconic like some of the other early items, are they? Could you, you mentioned that they've got, um, their all the various other ones they do but they're all numbered aren't they so i think i haven't got the numbers to hand but i think whatever number one the star wars one is i don't think there's like a, the, the second one is empire you've got all the ones that kept, that were released between the two films then yeah kind of, and, and then it gets to empire so yeah you'd, you'd the completists would need to get the entire <laughs> set but pop-up books to complete yeah, the yeah. uk printing doesn't have the number on the spine oh uh, okay exactly what you mean yeah brilliant books craig so just me to go then yeah now I've already mentioned that I love a toilet book or I love a, a book so I can sit down and have a drink. And they tend to be a, a big solid book. And there's nothing better than the Star Wars costumes book, which is all of the original trilogy. And this came out in 2015 and is by uh, the prop store officiado, Brandon Allinger. Um, um, he is the chief operations officer at the Los Angeles branch of the prop store. This book's amazing. So it goes through A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return the Jedi. Um, you've got concept art for their costumes and a lot of these costumes have obviously gone through the prop store they know the people that own them so uh, there's fresh photos full page a4 pages with these costumes and sometimes i mean everyone talks about the hand half is it brown is it blue um on the coat i mean this book it it looks totally brown in this book but it goes through everything um every costume you can you can think of and there, there is i mean the emperor's cloak is nothing like what i thought it was on screen i mean it looks totally different and i think we've had a conversation offline about i did a jawa hot toy unboxing and one of my complaints was the cape when you actually look in this book at the prop used the cape is very light brown so perhaps on screen it doesn't quite give it but every every character's costume in here has a, at least a couple of pages talking about it and like i said some some um concept art there's one area one page i just wanted to to mention and that is the cantina costumes now john mollo and george lucas uh, came up with these costumes on march the 4th in 1976 so, so a bit of time but 
even the names then, the only one that you would recognise now is Snaggletooth. He's called Snaggletooth in there. Um, some of the names are just brilliant. I mean, you've got Bat, who became Cabe. Uh, there's one called Grasshopper, uh, Spaceman. Um, what I do like is you've got Weird Girl, who was Pam Rose's character. I think her name's something like Lee, Lee Sibnub. You'd probably know that, Craig. And then you've got Space Girls, who are the Tonica sisters. And then you've got local girls who are kind of wearing a sexy kind of Luke farm boy kind of pullover thing, but maybe a little bit shorter and showing a bit more leg. Fly. It's just fat, ugly man. I mean, that's just brilliant, isn't it? Um, Plutonian, a man with four arms. You can see these pictures. I mean, you could see Warus Man, the early sketches of him. Uh, you can see that the Prey Mantis thing that you see in, in the films, uh, the Fly Man, they're all all recognisable, but all with different names. But that page is brilliant because that takes you through this this concept picture to some artwork, um, which is another John Mollow picture of the Cantina aliens sitting around through to photos of, of them on set. I suppose we've all seen that big photo where all the aliens are sitting on the floor with the designers. It's an amazing book. It's beautiful. Uh, normally retails at $34.99. But at the moment, UK Amazon has got this on offer for $23.99. And I think for that money, it really is an absolute steal because it's one of those books you can pick up and read about one of the costumes and go back to it and go back to it. And time and time again, I, I think it's um, absolutely stunning. And like I say, it goes through everything. It's got got droids from inside the sand crawler that you see for just a few seconds right through to all of the A-Wing pilot helmets from Return of the Jedi and all the different X-Wing pilot helmets used in in A New Hope. It's um. It's got a bit of everything, so I really recommend it. Really recommend it. And obviously, it's got Luke X Wings and pilot costume jazz, so definitely one for your collection. Roger that. Taking a mental note. From all corners of the Outer Rim territories. I see the contestants are making their way out onto the starting grid. So let's move on then, because last year, throughout the month of September, we had a, a contest over on our social media. And Dan, I'm going to come to you. Could you just refresh what our social media contest was last book month? Yeah, so each of us, uh, the hosts, we selected two expanded universe book covers. And then we had a, I suppose, for want of a better expression, a death match. So we'd, we'd post two covers uh, every few days over on social media on various platforms. And the uh, followers of those pages got to vote on which cover they preferred. And then, yeah, eventually over, over the course of the of September, um, we whittled it down to two covers and uh, Stuart unfortunately lost. That's not quite true, Dan. I'm Skinner Ron's <laughs> winner for a reason. And... Um... It was close, but it wasn't really as I battered you all. So, of course, book month wouldn't be the same without one of these contests. So Craig has come up with another concept for this year's contest. And at the moment, we're all in a bit in the dark about it. So uh, Craig hit us with our new competition. Yeah. So last time was confronting covers. And that was fun, wasn't it? Um, this time, I'm going to stay on the expanded universe theme. But rather than covers, what I want to do is look at characters. So we've seen in recent years, Thrawn's transition into official canon. And there are rumours all the time of Mara Jade uh, appearing in future tv shows so i wanted to look a little bit closer at some of the characters that i've enjoyed over the years who could be considered for canonization just to start us off did anyone here ever do balloon debates at school is that when you were all in a hot air balloon and uh, had to state your case of who doesn't get thrown overboard exactly that exactly that so you either take on the persona or you make the case for certain people from history or politics or whatever and you have to convince an audience to vote for you to stay in the balloon so that's essentially how this is going to work okay 
So I've selected eight characters from the Legends Expanded Universe. And I haven't selected Thrawn. And I've also discounted Mara Jade. I've also avoided characters like Jason Solo slash Darth Cadus because he's basically Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren. And a few of the characters that have got, you know, close-ish equivalents like Nastasi Dala, who is basically like an Admiral Sloan or a Talon card because he's basically kind of a Beckett from Solo. So where, where we've got an established character in our current canon, I've discounted those. Um, taking those out um, has made it a bit of a sausage fest. And I wasn't really happy about that. And I did um, consider some other female characters. So Tahari Vela, Tenel Carr, who were both great female Jedi. And I enjoyed reading those. Winter, who, again, was a great character, but I don't think the solo children's babysitter was ever going to stand a chance in the knockout tournament, which was was interesting. I mean, it highlighted things to me. It highlights that this proliferation of female characters in the later animations, so Ahsoka and Hera and Ventress, the sequel trilogy, Yerase, Rose, Holdo, Maz, Phasma, and female characters in the new canon, so Dr. Aphra, Ray Sloan, they were all really needed. They were all really needed to address the balance. Um, so as an aside, I just wanted to to mention that if people look at this list and go, where are all the, 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 the strong female characters? They were kind of lacking in, in the EU. So I think this lineup covers a good mix. It covers a good mix of eras, characters from both sides of various galactic conflicts, uh, and they've all hopefully, I think, have got interesting backstories, motivations, skills, roles and personalities who could all slot into new Star Wars projects if they went mining for for secondary characters or even, you know, even more prominent characters like Marvel does um, to, to play into their their cinematic universe. So don't panic if you've never heard of them, because that's kind of the point. And I see this as a nice way for everybody to expand their expanded universe knowledge just by looking and going off and finding a little bit more about uh, two single characters. So we're going to select them now. I've got a list prepared, but the plan is that you will get your characters, you'll do a little bit of research and you'll come back to me with your case, your case as to why people should vote these people into canonization to everybody following this. Roger, Roger. Yep. All right. So let's start with the previous year's winner, Stuart. Would you like to pick a number from <coughs> one to eight? One to eight. Um, well, we're going to go with five. Five. Okay. Oh, you like this one. You've drawn Darth Talon. A oh. uh, female Twi'lek who became a Sith lady in Darth Crate's one Sith. She was styled with black Sith tattoos covering her body, including her head and leku. So you've got to make a case for her to be canonised, my friend. I can make a very, very good case for her to be canonised. I mean, the boys have got no chance. Absolutely no chance. And in fact, if I win, I will start a Darth Talon focus. Um <laughs> <coughs> I'm going to print off loads of photos of her and images just so I can really feel what it's like <laughs> to be with Darth Talon and get inside her head over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I've got the winner there. I think I can uh, twist that in my favour. I, th- I think you're all going down again. God, can you imagine it again? Oh, I can't believe you got that one. That's oh, a cracker. Look, oh, I would have chosen five. I mean, yeah, but it's not just choosing the right one, Dan. It's, it's about... It's the way I'm going to channel it. I have to say, it's a strong one, but, you know, there's everything to play for. We've got some good ones in the list. So, Dan, do you want to give me a number between one and eight? I'll take number eight. This is a good one. It's strong if you push the right buttons with the audience. So you've got Murta Gev, female Mandalorian bounty hunter of Clan Fett around the time of the Second Galactic Civil War. Born a Mandalore as the daughter of a bounty hunter, Aileen Vell, she embarked on a quest first undertaken by her mother, which was to find and kill her grandfather, the legendary bounty hunter, Boba Fett. Ooh. I mean, that, yeah. I'm, I'm going to come straight out of it now. <laughs> 
that's a banker. If you don't win with that, you've done something wrong. <laughs> I mean, it feels really unfair on paper what I've seen so far. Have you Googled that? I don't know how to spell Merthyr Thet. Tet. Gef. I will supply you all with the correct spellings because these pronunciations may be a little bit mangled. Um, Jez, your yeah. turn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick three, please. Three. Okay. You have drawn Nom Anor. So Nom Anor was dispatched as an agent and saboteur to galaxies other than the Yuzan Vong zone to prepare the way for an extra galactic invasion. How do you feel about that? Well, immediately, as soon as you said the name, I, as I'm sure lots of listeners, just went nom, nom, nom. And uh, and already it sort of flicked several switches. So, um, yes, I, I think it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous creature. So, Stuart, back to you. You can pick one, two, four, six or seven. I'm going to go number one because that's what I am. <laughs> OK, number one is Cal Skirata a human male Mandalorian instructor who trained clone commandos in the Grand Army of the Republic during the time of the Separatist crisis. Sorry, I said number two. A <laughs> 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 lot of clone fans, a lot of Clone Wars aficionados. You look into him, he was a good character. Yeah, so it's fine, mate. I've, I've got a really big family. I'll just get them all to vote. <laughs> Dan, two, four, six or seven. I'm going to go with number two. Two. You've got a very strange character called Vergier, or Verger, um, who was a Fosh Jedi Knight turned Sith in the waning years of the Galactic Republic. She disappeared around 30 years before the Battle of Yavin, finding the Yuuzhan Vong on Zanama's Sakot and secretly lived with them for half a century. <laughs> Dan, your chances disappeared just as that name was read out as well. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that the universe is ready for a character this uh, this twisty. I shall go away and do my research. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard of either of mine. Okay. So, Jez, you remember what numbers are left? Yep. Okay. Let us have it. Seven. Seven. Ah, this is a really interesting character. So you've drawn Raynar Thull. Raynar Thull was a human male Jedi. He was a friend of the Solo Twins, the son of former Alderanian nobles, and uh, the heir to their shipping enterprise. Following the mission to Merka during the Yuuzhan Vong War, Raynar was taken by the Kiliks, a broken man. He became Unuthul, leader of the colony. I don't know why Craig's telling you that, Jez. You already knew it, didn't you? I, I, knew, I knew all of that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I just love all these backstories. It is really, really good. So I look forward to hearing how you're going to flesh that out and make his case. Mm. All right. So that leaves me with actually one of my favourite characters from the Legends EU, Corrin Horn. So Corrin Horn was a, a security force investigator at uh, the Karelian security force. So he was a kind of uh, ex-detective, became a rogue squadron ace, uh, and later on became a Jedi. So he, t- he ticked lots of boxes. So a strong contender there uh, with Corrin Horn. And I've also got Jax Pavan. So he was uh, a survivor of Order 66 who went underground in, in Coruscant, uh, was being hunted by Vader in the background, but was a protagonist in the Coruscant Knights books. So it's when Star Wars EU went a little bit noir, a little bit detective, a little bit kind of gumshoe. So that was a quite a nice, uh, a nice little area of uh, the EU that, that I enjoyed reading. So I'm happy with those by process of elimination. So everybody is now the champion of two characters and your homework is to research them and convince everybody that their contribution to the expanded universe was better than everybody else in the lineup and why you would like to see them brought into star wars canon where you see them fitting in and we can we can talk about this on our epilogue show maybe with the uh you know look at who wins where we might place them which timeline which medium uh i think that would be quite quite a good quite a good chat to have so what i need from you is some top line reasons some top line written down a couple of paragraphs that i can then take and publish on social media in a knockout format so we'll run it across twitter 
Instagram and Facebook. We'll have polls where we can have polls. We'll log people's comments just the same as we did before. And we will pair by pair, knock it down to a final and see who comes out on top. And I'm going to call this eulogizing legends. Eulogizing <laughs> legends, the case for canonicity. Very good. So, Craig, when is this going to begin? Where can people find it? It'll begin on the 1st of October, so only today. And uh, it'll be on all of our social media channels. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll put it on the page. We'll put it in the group. And we'll leave it a couple of days. We'll work out who the winner is. And I'll go through to the next round. And we'll play it exactly like we did last time. So by the time we get to the end of the month, we will have a winner, which we will announce in the epilogue. Looking forward to the draw. Bring it on. Okay, boys. So that's the competition. That's the opening show. That's just to break us into the month. Um, The next show is just going to be a couple of days away. Like Craig's just said, that contest is starting imminently. So head over to our social media now. That will probably already be up. Um, Boys, you've seen the schedule. Um, As long as everything comes off, what are you most looking forward to listening or taking part in? Well, the first thing I'm looking forward to is you losing this year in competition. So we can it's not very nice, Dan, is it? I know, but it's it'll be satisfying. Okay. We'll <laughs> not see. The last year and your celebrations. Um, I think just hearing about what people are reading, what we're well, what I can go out and buy basically. So you'll 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 essentially be telling me what I'll be reading for the rest of the year. So yeah, looking forward to hearing what's out there. Excellent, Craig. I think our guests, I think uh I think Becca and um and you know, the authors we've got lined up, because that's stuff I don't know and, and that's a that's a joy for me to work with if we're doing the edits and it's it's something new. Um, you know, but my comfort zone would be the, you know, talking about vintage books, but you know, I think part of the fun of doing this is is finding out things that you probably wouldn't explore definitely definitely looking forward to it um it's always a lot of work but it's uh i always feel like it's a a fun lot of work it is it is heavy but come the end of the month we will um look back at it and think actually yeah we nailed it this month so um yeah bring it on right well it's just time for me to give out the social media shout out so if you do want to find out what else we do outside of book months and check out the blogs head over to www.generationskywalker.com where you will find links to all of the podcasts and all of the enhanced shows. You can just head to YouTube, search for Generation Skywalker. All the enhanced shows are on there. Some unboxing videos are on there um, and everything in between. Um, I mean, the Echo Live video is also on there, which is a a lovely quick look around what Echo Live was in August. Um, Head over to our social media, Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Generation Skywalker. You will find the contest we've just been discussing. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll sort some sort of prize out, won't we, Craig? Yeah, we'll 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 put together a pile of very light books that we can post. (laughs) Yeah, some some pamphlets. Yeah, maybe um, maybe we'll get three books that are discussed over the course of the month and we'll have three winners and they can all win a book each. And whoever gets drawn out first can have first choice in fact i'll buy one of the costume books because it's so nice i'll put that straight in the hat um and of course we are generation skywalker go and check out our page on facebook and come and join the conversation start the conversation uh, we want to hear from you and your opinions and i'm sure this competition will be running on there as well um in fact i'm sure you'll find that i'll be singing about daft talon a lot this month over <laughs> on there and of course our podcasts um you can get them Anywhere you get your podcasts, again, just search for Generation Skywalker. Even hit your Alexa and just say, play Generation Skywalker. That will come up with our latest show. If you've listened to it, just skip, skip, skip until you get to a show you want to listen to. But um, that is the start of this month. Looking forward to it, boys. It's great to have you all back on board. So it is good night from Jez. Cheers, guys. See you next time. It is goodbye from Daniel. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Craig. Cheerio. And it is Good night from me. We are Generation Skywalker. <laughs>